0: Today is an extra special Wellness Force Friday episode. We showcase such an incredible conversation I had as a guest on a podcast with my good friend and fellow host, Dr. Paul Natoli from Health Geeks Radio. We talked about how tech can optimize our wellness in so many different aspects, And this conversation went detailed and actionable into something that I believe is really overlooked right now, yet so important on the wellness journey, and that is emotional intelligence. How to take the emotional inventory that is so important in our busy modern world, yet can be so difficult sometimes to execute. You know the concept. It's simple, yet it's not easy. Well, I know you're going to appreciate and enjoy this talk for so many reasons. Let's step right into this conversation and be sure to check out Health Geeks Radio on iTunes. I love, love, love sharing podcasts that are up to big things in this world.
1: Welcome to Health Geeks Radio. I am here with Josh Trent. You may have remembered him if you're an avid listener of our podcast. He was about a year ago at episode 35, and we were talking about technology and wearable tech and how it can upgrade your health and all the ways to make it so it's not overwhelming. Josh Trent is the founder of Wellness Force, as well as the top-rated podcast, Wellness Force Radio. Josh... Spent over 13 years in the health and wellness industry, and he leads the Wellness Force community in discovering physical and emotional intelligence to help men and women live their life well and healthy. Josh, thanks for being on again. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks, man. Thanks so much for having me. This is going to be great.
1: Yeah, so um, again, we had Josh on about a year ago. Then we hooked up again at uh, Paleo FX and had a good conversation, and we were thinking, well, I should probably have him on again because he—that that's one of our more popular episodes that you were on um, a year ago. So people really enjoyed it. And he's always got some cool stuff to say and always a good person to have a conversation with. So one of the topics of conversation I wanted to get into today, and probably this will probably take us for most of the episode is you posted something really awesome on uh, Instagram. Was it today or a few days ago about the two most common things you get asked, which are how to lose weight and how to get more energy, which is Really common for us, any podcast episodes we've ever gone into or talk about, those are usually really popular. But you did bring down some, break, some good other points that a lot of people don't think about their health and some of that emotional intelligence we need in just other areas. So first, let's define kind of what emotional intelligence is and how you help people get into that realm and then break down some of those details. Yeah, this is a great
0: first question, man. Thank you for asking that yeah. one. Um, you know, this intersection on wellness force and, and what my company is all about is really sharing my journey uh, over the past 13 years of what it actually means to be emotionally and physically intelligent. And so my key definition of emotional intelligence, which is probably different than Wikipedia one or a dictionary one, but I believe true emotional intelligence encompasses the way we show up with other people in our lives that we care about, the way that we can hold space and i know that's kind of a spiritual term but holding space just means are you an active listener do you have the intelligence to control your nervous system when you're interacting with other people and that has many nuances but we know that this intersection of physical and emotional intelligence they blend into each other it's very hard to be present with someone if your central nervous system is completely shifted over to the sympathetic branch and so I believe this intersection is kind of both. And that's why I like to explore them so much. So I think emotional intelligence is the number one facet of human interaction and health. And if you look at the corporations in America and the trends based on our corporate wellness programs, we're seeing emotional intelligence, meditation, mindfulness, emotional presence. These are all the things that Gary Vaynerchuk and all these top leaders are preaching because as technology rises... The people that are emotionally intelligent are going to be the ones that do all the successful
1: things because otherwise we'll just be automatons that are slaves to our phones. Show up and be present um, wherever you're going. Everybody complains about, you know, when you go somewhere and people are just staring at their phones or whatnot. I mean, some people don't care, other people do, but that's the whole point of if you do care about this person and you're on a date with your wife or something like that, you don't need to be on your phone. You need to be present in the conversation or whatnot with that person.
0: Right. And there's many nuances to emotional intelligence. So I believe it's three key sections. It's our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions. So you know, thoughts, I believe that 92% based on the latest research shows that we have this negativity bias towards thoughts that are incessant, that aren't really of service to what we're creating, right? They're not of service to our wellness. They're not of service to us being in the gym. They're not of service to us picking these healthy foods because we are running on really, really, really old software, Paul, like caveman software, right? Yep, absolutely. It protected us for millennia. So if if you look at the behavioral research, I mean, we have this limbic brain, which is connected to all this circuitry, which is connected to a hard stop for our amygdala. So we're wired for fight and flight. We're wired for rest and digest technology and apps. And the way that we're kind of assaulted through these weapons of mass distraction throughout our day now, our brain's just not evolutionarily caught up to it so we're running on this old software and so i believe that this emotional intelligence this holding space being present you know what you and i are doing right now i'm not thinking about anything else i'm just talking with you and i'm talking with your audience so i think this is what we're going to be focused on so much more in the wellness space that has nothing to do with uh, nutrition and nothing to do with you know what kind of workouts we're doing and more to do with the dialogue that we're telling ourselves which will unlock the food and and the workouts
1: yeah. It's what's that quote. It's kind of, it gets passed around on social media every once in a while, but it's be careful what you say to yourself because you're listening type of thing. You know, that, that, <laughs> yeah. that you know, people will knock, you know, the whole affirmation thing, but at the same time, like, you can't be negative about yourself and what you're trying to accomplish all the time. Like if you call yourself a loser every day, guess what you're going to surround yourself with people that are mm-hmm. losers and uh, whatever, because yeah. that's what kind of you portrayed on yourself as a, at a regular basis. You hear it all the time where, you know, people that became successful they stopped listening to the teachers that told them they would never amount to anything mm. you know like richard branson some of those guys they were told that they're stupid or they would either be in jail or be a millionaire or type of thing and he well, he proved them wrong because he became a billionaire but it's that you have to have some belief in yourself and some belief that what you're doing is on the right track and despite all the, the noise that's coming in from the outside Friends, family, federal government, whatever else you want to have it come from, yeah. uh, you got to just be true to that that voice in your head that's that tells you that you can do it. Well,
0: and this is interesting because uh, I
1: believe there's always two
0: opposing forces. If you look at the laws of nature and you understand the law of duality, at every given second, Paul, there is a voice that's telling you you're awesome, you're full of love, you're of service to your people, your clients, whoever you are, and then at that exact same second, there is a voice that tells you you're not enough, you're fat you're ugly, what are you doing? And they're always there. So essentially it becomes down to how do we determine which one to listen to? Well, it's which one we choose. And what really pisses me off in the fitness space is that, and even in the personal development space, is there are these people that say, well, just choose love, just choose positivity, just choose. And it's like, it's not that easy. Hmm. If, If it was easy, everyone would freaking do it. And the challenge is, how do we become more emotionally intelligent? I believe it's through doing the real inner work to build up those columns, our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, so that we can explore really what those are, so that then in those moments where we have that duality that's ripping us in half, we can turn to the voice we want and say, I got you. I'm going to go this way. I'm going to move in this direction because I know based on my training and based on my work that I've done on myself, that that voice is true. But if we don't do the work, Paul, if we don't do the inner work, then we're going to listen to the bad voice. And that was a big part of my life. And when I say bad voice, I mean like, you know, the dark end of the soul, like despair and depression and anxiety, and that can take people down a, a terrible road, but it's a choice. And I think the first part is awareness.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, your thoughts determine your intentions and your intentions determine your actions. And then obviously the magic happens with the action. But again, it's just like anything. You wouldn't have an athlete try to do something without training and doing the basics over and over and over again, because when they get in a high pressure situation to hit the free throw at the end of the game with hundred thousand people screaming in their face and throwing stuff at them, it's just second nature. They're just shooting yeah. a free throw. And you're like, how do they handle this pressure? And they honestly, they just kind of zone out. They don't even think about it. They're just like, I'm playing basketball.
0: Do you know how many shots Kobe Bryant took before he'd go on the court in an actual game? I think he did something like 300 shots. And this is every single game. Yeah. So we we adore these athletes. We put them on a pedestal, but we don't realize how much blood, sweat, and tears and practice that they've done over the course of their career. And it's funny, since we're talking about emotional intelligence, if you flip the script on the people that are able to be great in a podcast and be great on stage and you know just hold space, just really show up and not let that negative voice that says you're not good enough, you're going to F it up, those are the people that we really respect because we can feel that they've done their work. Now, granted, there are those people that are just kind of born natural speakers, but we understand that in order to be the type of person that's going to be of service to other people, there is... You know our shots on our court and our court is life. And I think that we attract these experiences to us that our universe or God or whatever you want to say that we're connected to, there definitely is a higher intelligence out there. And I believe that that higher intelligence puts us in the place of these growth thresholds so that we'll punch through the fear. I mean, Jade Tita talks about this. He's one of my greatest friends and mentors. And he says, Every time we go through a threshold, it's a fear PR. In the same way that in the gym, you lift higher weight. Well, emotionally, you're about to lift a weight when you go on a stage, when you go on a podcast, when you speak, whatever it is, when you write a blog post that's bearing your soul. That is a fear PR. And the only way to grow and become more emotionally intelligent so that this thought-feeling-action loop can stick and you can listen to the good voice is to punch through one PR at a time. Now, it's not sexy, man. People want to go to some weekend seminar and like, learn how to be emotionally intelligent. I'm 37 years old and I feel like I'm just finding a foothold. Okay. I started maybe in 30, 31 when I was done with my training career. And now I'm finally like, okay, I understand what these thoughts, feelings, and actions are. And I'm doing my work to fortify this. And and that's what I teach with some of my clients as well who are ready for it.
1: I've owned my own practice for over almost seven years now. I've been running Health Geeks and doing this podcast with Brian for over two and a half years, and I feel like just in the last six months is I was finally figuring stuff out of like where I really wanted to go, my voice, my my actions, and my intentions. And my confidence all in that area, but yeah. I still get—I still sometimes will write something and be like, "What if no one likes this? What if no one reads this? You know, oh my gosh, it's you know, it's going to be horrible." And at the same time, and then I have that realization where you're like, "Who cares?" Yeah, I, I put my best effort into this piece of content or whatever you want to call it, and I and I and I did it, but that took. I mean, seven, seven, I mean, not more than seven years, but like really literally at least seven years to do that.
0: Well, and we can shorten the curve because, I mean, what is a good coach or physician or doctor or osteopath? Like, what do all these people do? They get a client or a person from point A to point B, and they do it based on their intelligence and knowledge, right? So any good coach or practitioner is going to share with their client the lessons they've learned to shorten the learning curve. And I'll tell you, like nine times out of 10, what I see when it comes to someone emotionally growing, which by the way, leads to their nutrition and workout choices, is the fact that they self-sabotage. And typically, I'm sure you see this, Paul, like people self-sabotage right when they're at that threshold. Like they do all this work, they get right there and they're about to step into this super powerful version of themselves and then they'll eat a massive piece of chocolate cake or they won't sleep and they'll get four hours of sleep or they'll purposely schedule 29 things that overwhelm them. I see it time and time again and really what it comes down to is
1: fear. We make choices from either loving or fearing and that's it. Every system is a thrive or survive mechanism at its core principle.
0: And on top of that, right, when we talked about the amygdala, this, this wiring for the tribe, we are born into an energetic compass that directs us based on will the tribe receive our messaging and who we are or will the tribe reject us? And back in the day, I mean, 10,000 years ago, if we were rejected by our tribe emotionally or energetically, that means that we wouldn't mate We wouldn't carry on our lineage. We really wouldn't get the things we would need to survive, which would ultimately lead to death and our lineage, our line not going on. And so that old software directs us now, you know, we live in this age of technology and connection. I mean, look how cool this is that you and I can talk through through Zoom, right? So what our brain hasn't caught up to technology surpassed 10 years ago. And that's really where we're at right now. It's like everyone, and I know you feel this, Paul, everyone has a little bit of of dissension and a little bit of animosity when it comes to just what are we supposed to be doing right now on this planet? I know I'm not the only one that feels this. People go throughout their day and we're all trying to be active on social media and maybe run a business like yourself and connect and do all these things. And unless we take time to breathe, unless we take time to go back to the primal way of being, I believe that we're in for a lot of pain as a society moving forward.
1: I definitely have my days where I'm more cynical about things than, than others. And it's that, that whole like, uh, just I should stay off Facebook today just because it, you know one little thing is just going to set you off to just be cynical the rest of the day. And it's not healthy for you at all. I just block.
0: If I see something on my feed that I believe is not in alignment with my values, I literally just delete them as a friend or I hide them forever
1: either way, you just, you got to pull yourself away from just stuff that, you know, it's starting to get under your skin and irritates you on a regular basis.
0: What's interesting, man, is, you know, things that trigger us, it's because there's some part of us in that person or in that message that we actually know is still within us. It's like the duality I mentioned. Yeah. When we see evil in the world, the reason we get triggered is because that's our potential. There's a little part of us that knows that's possible for us. If we violently react to something, it's because there's probably still something inside of us that we're attached to in that same regard
1: yeah absolutely and yeah especially as human beings we if people do really bad stuff you can see like i will never do that but you can see the potential of like what you the human it's possible, possible it's possible with human human inner just human emotion and reaction of the worst situation possible to happen to you like deep down inside you know you can say it with confidence 99 percent, but you know that one percent is there that's saying could i be in that situation sometime like would that ever happen to me
0: Yes. Yeah. It can tear at you a little bit. And so once we have that recognition, you had mentioned the the post from social earlier. There's three categories, I believe, that we're all trying to show up abundance in, and they are relationships, health, and wealth. And so I know you guys talk about health quite a bit on the show, but I believe that wealth and the way that we show up in our loving relationships directly impacts health. I almost feel like it's a triangle, a continuum. Mm -hmm. And so one of the parts about relationships is if we don't let go of the people That are against our dream odds are we're not going to achieve our dream And what's scary is that the majority of the time it could be a brother. It could be a sister It could be like a lifelong friend from high school. They don't mean to sabotage you but subconsciously when they see you chasing your dream They're going to tell you it's not possible if they're not chasing theirs and that's the reality that most people don't want to swallow. And so I would say for an emotional intelligence action step, for anyone listening, like you can begin your emotional intelligence training today by just taking a breath and writing a list of every single person in your life who you know like deep down doesn't believe in your dream. And... Also, listen to those people and take it in. If, if 10 people are telling you that your dream needs some upgrading, well, then maybe there's something about your dream you can build. But if there's those people in your life that are few and far between and they're close to you, odds are they're trying to sabotage you. So I would say that's the first step is get clear on your dream, get clear on your why. And then literally, without emotion, and I know it's hard, just ask yourself logistically and spiritually, Are these people actually going to help me move towards my higher purpose, move towards my goal? Now, when you take the action, of course, there's going to be emotion involved and that's where the growth comes, right? Every time the snake sheds its skin, it probably goes through a little bit of a pain, but then you get to do this new path that you're working on anyways
1: and in the relationship aspect of it goes back to the whole tribe mentality of losing the tribe. Like, like you said before, the worst thing that could happen was you being kicked out of your tribe. Mm -hmm. So when you're starting to branch away to be chased after a dream or be more successful or, you know, focus on more aspects away from some of these people that you hung around with before you're leaving a tribe. Well, that tribe doesn't like that you're leaving. And it's the whole crab situation. If you put crabs in a cage and put some food down there, they will all climb in the cage without a thing on it. But as soon as the crab tries to escape, because they're all in there, they'll actually grab the crab and pull it back down.
0: Wow, I didn't know and that. So, that's cool. So
1: that's how, so Darren Hardy wrote something on this. He's a, he used to be the publisher of Sex Magazine. He would always say, Beware of the crabs, because that's pulling out right. of that tri state. And that's that emotional, that hard part. To get away from that, but those are why relationships are so important. And the classic quote by Jim Rohn, like the average of the five people you spend the most time with,
0: people hear that a lot, so it can become trite. I believe, and it can become kind of uh, diluted. That message of we are the five people yeah. closest to us, and I feel this so deeply. Every five to seven years, my core group of friends that influence me shift. And I don't know what it is. Actually, there's two people in my life, not like my brother and maybe two other friends that I've kept for the past 10 years or more. But the rest of friends and connections, especially in this health and wellness space, I mean, the cream rises to the top and everything else floats down to the bottom. And especially you'll learn after three, five, seven years what someone's made of and what their core values are. Man, and it's sad because when we start to let go of these people that aren't in alignment with us, with our dreams we have an emotional attachment to them. It's hard. It's not easy to let go of people that you've known for so long because we're connected to them. You know, they're our homies, they're our friends, they're our brother, our sister, our neighbor. That is the ultimate challenge. But what's interesting is there's almost like this energetic connection where when the universe or God or higher intelligence, whoever you believe in is out there, when it sees you take that step and literally push out the people, let go of the people that are stifling your energy, it creates this massive deep breath for you to pull in resources and people that are in support of your dream. And this is the biggest piece that I see clients sabotage themselves with when it comes to their health habits. They'll connect with me. They'll connect with the community online. They'll start to download the resources. They'll watch the videos. They'll do all the things, right? They'll gather all the knowledge. But I'm sure you know, Dan Party, one of my favorite things that Dan says is knowing without doing is the same thing as not knowing. So they'll get a bunch of knowledge, but they won't walk the bridge between knowing and doing. What I believe is the biggest piece of where they actually cut their own drawbridge is the amount of love they have for themselves, the amount of self-worth they have in their heart for who they are, to trust and to apply the everyday effort of taking the knowing and making it doing. And that's the hard part for most people. And there's no clean blanket answer. I wish I could tell your audience like, hey guys, just do these three things and you'll be able to walk the bridge from knowing and doing. But you and I both know it's not like that. It takes fortification of community. It takes consistent daily action in the face of fear. It takes busting through these fear PRs. It takes so many things that allow people to slowly and surely and deliberately step into this awesome version of themselves, which by the way, is always there. We're just shedding all these layers of skin that allow us to actually allow it and receive it.
1: And that's the real truth. Yeah. And my wife and I were talking about the other day, Um, she's really big into um, Albert Einstein, his life. And like she'll watch the show Genius, which is like a story on his life. And we got to Uh talking about how everyone deep down has some form of genius in them in some way, shape, or form. And, but, and then he would, and then she looked up the quote by Albert Einstein, but you wouldn't tell a fish to climb a tree because he would look incredibly stupid. But, <laughs> but, but if we don't, yeah. but, so if we don't push ourselves into that and not, not being perfect or pushing or whatever, it's not always about achieve, achieve, achieve. But yeah. if we aren't looking for that or surrounding ourselves with the right relationships or, or getting past those fear gaps in our own life, we're never going to allow that. That genius inside of us to ever be expressed in any way, shape, or form.
0: Just, just a because, great way to say it.
1: Just because you can't be in the CrossFit games, that's just top of mind because that is this weekend, and I you know I do some CrossFit. Doesn't mean that you can't be healthy and do CrossFit and join that community and have fun, or vice versa. Like and find something. Oh, by the way, I was at this gym and this person need help with X, Y, Z, and I do really good construction work and remodeling. Next thing I know, I have the entire gym asking me to remodel their house or their, or whatever. Yeah. That's pretty freaking cool that you were able to do that. But unless you put yourself in that situation to, in order that to be, you know, I use the term manifest air quotes, if you're listening, um, whatever that, whatever you kind of want to get into that with, that never happens if you don't allow that, that little genius to ever, fulfill or just fester or just want to push forward.
0: Man, and I love this because I think what we're talking about here in that loop of of thought, feeling, action is action comes after you have the thought, after you have the feeling. But one thing we haven't talked about yet, Paul, in this wellness wheel and this comprehensive life wheel is at the bottom of the thought is a belief. And those beliefs are literally stored in some kind of existential hard drive, which by the way, science still hasn't figured out exactly where our beliefs are stored. However, I think they're there and I think they get implanted years zero through seven. When we grow up, we are so malleable our amygdala, our frontal cortex, everything that's happening in our brain from a behavioral standpoint, I mean, it is pounded into us. And then we spend the rest of our adult life getting over the crap that we learned from our parents that wasn't so awesome. And I think that's where a lot of people stand in sabotage and in not having these positive health habits. And the worst thing, I'll tell you this, this is a a beautiful action step. The worst thing that someone could ever do would be to constantly go back to a community that's not of service to their dream, that they know deep down is just doing out of comfort, just going to a community like maybe they're at that CrossFit gym and there's like 10 people in the gym that are just not aligned with that person's mission and values. And the, the person who's making the change, the person who's stepping into the change, knows on some level, like, I'm kind of done with this gym, I'm kind of done with this community, I'm kind of done with that community, but they miss the human interaction and so they go back to it. It's better to be slapped with the truth than kissed with a lie. It's a Russian proverb. Yep. So Go back to the truth. And the truth is what you feel, what your body and your heart is telling you is so true compared to anything else. So I believe we must, action step number two, we must surround ourselves with an open-minded and supportive community that isn't attached to that older version of ourselves. Because a lot of times we'll be interacting with a community for like five plus years. Well, they only know you as the person you were five years ago. They're not ready to receive this new awesome growth fear PR pushing person that you are now. And so that's, I think, a big one for a lot of people.
1: You, you know, you mentioned wealth uh, as the other aspect, kind of like to get over the top here. Um, so let's go into some topics of how people kind of build that wealth in their, in their own system and not just money, but just wealth in their wealth in themselves. Exactly. I remember I had this um,
0: shirt and it was LRG, the brand, and it said, health is wealth and wealth is health backwards. There's nothing more true than that statement. I mean, it couldn't be further from the truth where everything that we make as far as money and revenue, like what are we doing it for in the first place? It's cool. Don't get me wrong. We're in a current society where the paradigm gives slips of paper for energy. And so it's these measurements of energy. But at the end of the day, like why the hell are you making money in the first place? You're making it so you can have love and connection with other people. If you have more money, you have more freedom. If you have more freedom, you have more time. If you have more time, then hopefully you spend that time loving, caring, and having experiences with people that make a difference for you and that you make a difference for them. So I believe where a lot of my growth has come from is around letting go of anger towards money. I used to be so angry at money. God, man, it just drove me insane because I would see the power of money and the fact that there are a few, and I mean few, like 50 to 100 people in the entire world that control 90 plus percent of the assets. And so what I had to get through, my PR, a fear there was being so afraid that the system would never change. And then I realized when I woke up after some emotional intelligence trainings in 2012, oh, wait a minute. I actually have the power to shift my own paradigm. It was like this lightning bolt moment where I thought, okay, that's true. There are these you know, less than 100 people that control the majority of assets on our planet. However, there are still so many assets and so much potential that I can earn and I can be a part of, that I can make a difference for. And then it was like this rebirth of, well, instead of being angry at money, why don't I actually earn as much money as I need to so that I can serve the people I want to serve? And then it doesn't matter that that other piece exists. It doesn't matter that the evil exists. And that was a huge relief, man. But I'll tell you, like, I'm fortunate. Not everyone is born into a perfect situation. And by the way, I wasn't born into a perfect situation either. I mean, I think we talked about this last time I was on your show. Yeah. I was born um, to a single mother. I had a lot of anxiety when I was a kid. Uh, I ate welfare food, which is like kick cereal and government cheese. And, and, and you know, so I know what it's like to suffer and not have food and be like, hey, uh, I don't exactly know like where safety is, either economically with a roof or food in, in the pantry. So I just think that when we look at wealth, true wealth is earned from perspective. To have perspective is like this emotional downregulation of our stress hormones. If we just have this perspective of, wow, I actually have the power to change my circumstance. Uh, One of the best quotes I ever heard was from Ricky Williams on this ESPN 30 for 30 documentary. And he had had abuse from his father. And then the reporter was like, Ricky, do you ever just like be so filled with anger towards your parent for abusing you? And you ever just like blame why things didn't work out for you exactly how they should have. And he said, if I give other people, if I give my parents the power of me being angry at them, then I take the power out of my hands to change and I put it in theirs. And I think that's what everyone listening today really gets to hear. It's like, you always have the power. It's just some BS story telling you that you don't. And so once you realize that's true, then comes the real work of the beliefs, the thoughts, the feelings, the actions.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And just on the topic of just the money real quick and not being so, like you said, you, you hated it and you thought it was so evil. The money allows you to pay for the coach to break down these these barriers quicker for you. The money allows to eat you the healthy food. The money allows you to go to your yoga class that you really love and enjoy that helps you not be in pain anymore. Yes. The money allows you to donate to this charity. The money allows to provide food on your table. The money allows you to put your kids in a private school instead of a public school that might not be the greatest for their education. Like money will only meet you where you are. So if you're a freaking asshole and you have a lot of money, you're going to be just a bigger asshole. If you're a really good person and you're always looking to serve and you're looking to use your talents for the good of people deep down inside, more money will allow you to do that for other people. That's what I truly believe. I was the bottom line. I used to be the same way. Uh, money doesn't matter. And then I was almost homeless when I first opened my business. <laughs> and I'm like, it matters. Yeah. Because I don't ever want to go through that stress level. I don't want to have my health deteriorate ever like that. I don't want my marriage to be as stressful as it was when, I, when that was the case. Because you didn't know, how are we going to eat? How am I going to pay the rent? Yeah. Like Down to the dollar of whether or not we were going to survive. Or we had plans to live in our clinic. Because mm. that's how close we were. Because that's the this, only thing we could think of. This so like,
0: is so powerful.
1: Yeah. So that the wealth is not just for your own personal gain. I mean, yeah, buy the toys if you want. But at the same time, it's like you need that to break through because it allows you to do more. And it doesn't mean that you need to be a millionaire. It doesn't mean that you need to meet Whatever that number is to make you live the life that you want to live, that's all it needs to be. If that's yeah. 40,000, if it's 10,000, if it's whatever... That's the life you want to live, but don't let it stop you. Don't have these negative thoughts because you think that, like you said, because... XYZ corporations always in the news and they don't take care of their employees. They're always, you know, scandals and everything like that. So yeah.
0: And this is true, Paul. And I'm so glad we're going here because I just did an interview yesterday with um, Dr. Tom Cowan. He wrote cosmic heart, human heart. And in his book, he describes this core section of how our economic insecurity and the dividing. Okay. When I say dividing, I mean like quadrupled gap between the poor, the middle-class and the, uh, rich and the elite rich, it's growing wider than ever. The middle class is literally disappearing in America. And it's not to paint doom and gloom. It's just to say, okay, in order for this to stop widening so quickly, there must, it's not a question, there must be a conscious explosion, a consciousness awareness, a consciousness rising in this planet. Your podcast is helping with that. My podcast is helping with that. We're stepping into, we are being this voice of a new narrative that says, hey, uh, evil exists. Those companies, those hundred people, they're there. We're not going to do spiritual bypassing and pretend they're not real. Okay, they're real. They're out there. But so is on the other side of the coin, the equal potential of love and abundance and doing something awesome through earning money. So I believe it, it really boils down to, are we willing to take ownership and step into our worth as a human? Because if you're ready to step into your worth and you're going to show up and you're going to have those conversations about like, Hey, I'm actually worth this much per hour. And if you don't want to work with me, that's okay. We're not the right fit. Cause I value myself that much as a practitioner, as a coach, as a physician, as a therapist. And then on the other side of it too, in our lives, watch how that relationship with money steps into boyfriends, girlfriends, wives, husbands. I mean, the way that we value ourselves and we actually own our true worth of like who we value, who we think we really are, that will completely dictate your ship of money and and where you're going with how much wealth that you're bringing in. I can't tell you when I was a first year trainer, like 2005, I would give people free sessions all the time because I just didn't have the confidence. And then when I stepped into digital health coaching, I mean, this is even like 2013, there'd be times where I would give somebody like an extra hour of my time just because I cared so much. But if we're emptying our cup that much, then we don't have anything else to serve other people if we're just giving away things for free too long and too many and too often. So uh, I believe it all boils down to worth when we look at wealth and also that perspective piece. So those are the big two, man.
1: Yep. Absolutely. And I mean, yeah. And you said it too, you can't pour from an empty cup. So whether that's with finances or, you know, you're not valuing yourself much in business, or it's just, you're not valuing yourself as much as a person to kind of break through those fears and invest in those relationships, um, whether it's money relationships or just healthy food or whatever, fitness or whatnot, you're not going to help anybody else because, you know, you're on the plane, they tell you to put your mask on before you help somebody else. And I always thought it, I always kind of was like, why would you do that? And then the more I thought, i was like, Oh, <laughs> that makes sense. If I'm yeah. unconscious, I'm not helping the little kid and the old grandma down the, down the, and I'm able body to be able to do so. And I can help more people. So I got to make sure my mask is on so I can breathe and, you know, et cetera, et cetera.
0: And I bet you, your audience, like they might've heard something like that before because we all in this space of health, fitness, wellness, it kind of blends with personal development, right, Paul? Like we're we're there in the same capsule almost because we're all trying to grow. We're all in this growth process. If you're having the struggle, putting it into practice and actually doing the thing, don't diss it just because it's something you've heard before. If you've heard it and you're doing it and you're successful and you're feeling good in the process, well then, yeah. Yeah. Tell us to pound sand. (laughs) But if you're hearing this message and it's something that you know you know and you think is illegitimate, but you're not executing on it, take a breath and take an inventory. Like why? Like why is it so hard for you to know this thing and then to do that thing? And what are you willing to call in? Are you willing to call in a coach? Are you willing to call in a community? Are you willing to take the inventory of your friendships and relationships and honestly ask yourself, is this person serving the person I'm becoming? It's just like, God, can you care about yourself? Can you step into your worth and allow the people that don't serve you, just let them go, like literally open your fist and let them go and say, I love you. I care about you. But the, the path that I'm going on, I know you don't want to walk. And that's cool. That's okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's perfect Hindi. <laughs> I don't really have anything else to say from that. That's awesome. <laughs> that was perfect. That was a perfect sum up of everything we talked about. Yeah. So I know that was that was pretty hot and heavy, but I really appreciate that conversation because I was feeling that the other day where I was just so fed up with people. Hard work is hard and not owning that and treating themselves with that self-worth to do the hard work to get through these things. And it's not easy. And obviously being I mean, honest with yourself where you're at and figuring out I value myself enough that I'm going to take the next step and I'm going to face those fears and I'm just going to keep moving. And if it takes me a year, seven years, I'm okay with that. And I'm just going to I'm just going to start doing that because I've heard it enough and I and I value myself too much. I value my time too much. I value my you know my thoughts too much to not do that.
0: And I want to say something too. Like this has been such I had no idea where we were going to go there today, Paul. It's been so I didn't fun. Either. This is it's, just yeah. it's been so fun. And I think this has a direct, and when I say direct, I mean it's hardwired to wellness. It's hardwired to wealth and health because the way that we perceive ourselves, the conversations that we allow in our brain, this narrative. That dictates our habits. That's the thing that allows us to either show up and own our worth in the way we eat, in the way we move, in the way we sleep or not. I mean, that's the bottom line. I just want to say like for anyone out there that's like receiving this message and you want it to be true, it's true. And no matter where you are, like if you're in a poor economic situation, if you're in an environment where your relationship sucks, if you're in a cube And you hate it. And you're just like, God, you don't understand, you guys. Everything's stacked against us. Like, I do understand. I've been in corporate America. I've been in a cube. I've been in relationships. I was 280 pounds at one point. Like, I understand. And what I want to tell you is anything is possible if you just make the decision. If you make the decision like, you know what? I have experienced enough pain now. I've experienced enough discomfort. I am ready to receive what it is that I get to receive. And I don't care if you're in any of those poor situations, like you can do this. It sounds motivational. This isn't motivational. This is the truth. The truth will set you free. Like This is the inspiration that you get to bring in for yourself. And I think this podcast, if you're listening and you're feeling it, is that first spark. It's the spark that's going to light everything in your tender.
1: Awesome. How do people find out more about you? I really enjoyed
0: where we went today, man. And and we we explore this intersection of emotional and physical intelligence on Wellness Force Radio. So, you know, a lot of the same people that we've interviewed on our podcast, and we talk about the things that really matter at this intersection of what kind of knowledge can we take in? And then how do we actually put that knowledge into practice? You know, and so I bring in leaders in the wellness worlds and uh, in the emotional intelligence worlds and physical intelligence to understand, like, how do we do this so we can live our life well? And um, I'm on social everywhere at Wellness Force. Nice.
1: So this is Josh Trent aka I hope he doesn't drop me bro when we in 5 to 7 years when our relationships build I hope we're still it's still aligned in that value cuz uh, yeah, you're a great person and uh, I think we're on the same trend and we all have the same goal in mind with your podcast or website and the coaching and etc um this is why we bring these people on and you know you may listen to us podcast and notice the same people have been on our podcast because because a message needs to be clear and it needs to get out there and there's evil in the world. We're not going to align that, but you also yeah. have people like us that are working our asses off at a, on a regular basis to change that narrative and change the narrative to as many people as possible. So thanks so much, Josh. I, like I said, we didn't know where that conversation was going to yeah. take us. We literally just started turn on the mic and just started going. And so it was, But that was phenomenal. That's exactly what I needed to hear. And I think that's exactly what a lot of people needed to hear to get going into the last half of this year.
0: Yeah. And it was really special to me too, because I believe all of us, we listen to podcasts, we absorb information. And so in the words of Brendan Burchard, you can hear something 50 times. That's the same. On the 51st time, you realize you're ready. And so hopefully on this podcast, you've you've actually taken in this info that Paul and I have talked about and you're now ready. Like you're truly ready in your core.
1: And until next time, I look forward to geeking out with you. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, man. That concludes another episode of Health Geeks Radio. And if you truly enjoy this episode, if you enjoy our podcast, the easiest way to support us is to go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a rating and review. This allows others to find this podcast and others to to take action in their health and life that we're trying to, to promote like we are with Josh. And you can also support us even further by becoming a Patreon of Health Geeks Radio, you can go to patreon.com slash healthgeeks. That's patreon.com slash healthgeeks, and perks start at $1. And until next time, I look forward to geeking out with you. Bye-bye.